Hubhopper Originals. I think the enemy is like this whole like I'm off to the mountains to do something. It's not going to work. Like Anders, you've got a drinking problem and you want to drink to death and ruminate over it and something beautiful will come out of it like Jack Kerouac's work. Hi people, welcome to the third episode of The Pod List. I'm Sayasha Pillai and I am your host on this show. On last week's episode, we spoke to Pavan Rochwani, host of the podcast When We Met, about following one's passion to running a community-oriented platform and so much more. If you missed it, you can get up to speed on any of your podcast listening apps. So basically, I love stories. I worked for a couple of years at a Mumbai-based production house and I absolutely loved it because everything revolved around creating stories. You know, from the inception of the idea to tweaking character arcs, figuring out episodic breakdowns and everything in between. One of my all-time favorite genres, also one that I least got to work with, is horror. So when I stumbled onto a podcast that relays horror thriller stories and draws us into the world of the characters with so much ease, I was psyched. And so podlisted this week is Indian Noir by Nikesh Murali. Indian Noir, with its minimal use of sound effects, great production quality and captivating narration, is a podcast no horror thriller buff should miss. So on today's episode, we talk to Nikesh about his journey, writing for audio and horror as a genre in India. So let's tune right in to hear what he had to say. So Nikesh, I was wondering, how did you branch out into podcasting? Yeah, Sasha, thank you for having me on the show. And it's very exciting to talk to you. And for the um, answer to your question, it was searching for an audience for my writing. Unfortunately, you know, writers in my generation, we went into a market where the publishing business was collapsing. Uh, I think publishing business um, in general had also become an exercise in managing spreadsheets versus, you know, nurturing writers and trying to look for good manuscripts. Again, this is not to say that, you know, my my work was stellar at that point. But essentially, what I want to say is that it became difficult to get published. And I found that people were increasingly more interested in a visual medium, and they did not want to spend time browsing books, you know, YouTube videos and video gaming and movies were far more superior as a storytelling medium than books anyways. But I think with the increasing use of mobile phones, it just became even more um, attractive to people to consume. And I think then television arrived at its golden age and television writing became so good that it started to take over the role of the novel. And because it's visual, because there's music, because there is VFX, book could never compete with it. So that was generally what I was looking at in, in terms of outlets and channels for uh, putting my writing out. And it was very hard. So I kind of gave up on writing, to be honest with you. So several years passed, and I'm sure you would relate to this as a creative person as well. There is always an urge to try and contribute something in, in that space to kind of you know, feel alive. And so 
that became a focus. And so I thought, you know what, I, I was always very good at poetry recitation when I was in university and I had uh, participated in a, in a few theatre productions. And so I thought, why don't I try doing some recitation online? So I started a Twitter account and I started reciting sort of contemporary poems. And those things really took off and, you know, it won a lot of praise and some of those videos became viral hits. And then people started asking me to come and do voiceovers for their poetry videos. And then I got thinking, looks like I'm good at this. Now, what if I tied something else that I was good at, which was writing, to it, uh, to see if that would merge and, and become a good vehicle for um, the stories that I wanted to tell. And so that's how Indian Noir was born. Because I considered I considered books to be these sort of holy relics, these great artifacts that should be worshipped. But the truth was that sometimes you need to step back and look at, you know, is, is that really a great medium for you to tell stories in? Because for some people it might be, but some people it might not. Especially in an attention-starved era um, where, you know, people really love their mobile devices and um, people when they have uh, they need to actively consume content and they're on their television or their mobile phone but passive consumption uh, you know really there's such a, a, an empty space for uh, podcasts and audiobooks absolutely it's not a one size fits all and you know speaking of podcasts and audiobooks what does team noir look like i do everything so that was the other thing too so so i write it i edit it I uh, narrate it, I uh, do the sound engineering, and then I put out the final product. And uh, it would be it would be great to have a team to work on it, but I just feel like by doing it this way, it's the purest version. And I can work faster than most human beings, unfortunately. like there are A lot of people who come on projects with me, and they uh, I've got busy brains, so you know I can I can work at such a fast pace that other people just struggle to keep up with me. And how long does it typically take you from the inception of the story till the episode is out? So to produce 15 minutes of content for Indian Noir, it takes six hours of work. That's writing, rewriting, editing, then narrating, then cutting the narration, sound mixing, and then producing the final cut. Right. And do you flesh out the entire story at a go and then break it into seasons thereafter? Or like, what's your process like? Yeah, yeah. I plot an entire season at the very beginning. I do a, a very mini outline. Then I refine the outline and then I decide uh, what parts of the story beats go into each episode. And then once that is done, what I do is I just run with it. And then I go through a schedule of write, rewrite, edit, and then produce it. And then having a long narration session so you can nail the, uh, the the emotions correctly. And then once that is done, I think editing is, like the sound editing is really taxing, as you will find when you edit this oh, <laughs> piece for your episode. But about you being the sole writer-creator of this podcast series, how do you decide on what story to write for audio? Anything in particular? Great question, Sasha. Uh, I mean, I think that a couple of parts um, in, in the answer, they, I write what I'm really comfortable with. So I know anything that comes out of that, I can handle it. I think step two is you're not really in the art business anymore. You are in the time business. You know, your audience is ready to flick onto something else or pay attention to the next app on their phone. You've got minutes to really grab their attention and you have to value people's time. If you are egotistic, if you think you are some highfalutin artist, if you think you've got lots of talent, it's like Stephen King once said, 
Like, talent is like table salt. Everyone's got it. It sits in everyone's kitchen cabinet. It's totally useless unless you can time how, unless you can manage to understand how to value people's times. And for that reason, you then start writing stories that are completely immersive. And so I, I think the next component is understanding uh, how to put together a story. Anyone looking to make fiction podcasts, don't steal like creepy pastas from forums and read that out and make podcasts strongly. Put, put your own work in. So, um, and also the key then is also being skilled enough to look at where do I have the SFX and the music resources to pull from, for what genre. This might not be a kosher example, but you know, I've really wanted to produce erotica and I've worked with a sound engineer on it. There is not enough sex sounds. It's very difficult. Like I, you know, I, I have used um, sounds and sex scenes in Indian Noir, but the sound pool is very limited. Like you will be end up having the same orgasm over and over again. And I don't want that to happen. Uh, so there's, there, there's, there's a good example of, um, uh, inter- of, you know, sort of resources being existing for you to, su- to support your storytelling. And then I think the big thing is, like I said, try and do something original. And I'm sure, you know, you'll, you'll be able to uh, create something that's, that's well worth the listener's time. Right. And how different would you say is writing for the audio versus audiovisual? You know, does one have to focus more on dialogues or sounds, reduce the descriptions? Yeah, excellent. And I, it's something I've pointed out uh, repeatedly to people, um, especially who are writers, is don't just read your manuscript out and then expect it to work in audio it it won't and i think part of the reason is the way books have been written and edited for a long time i actually advise uh, a lot of uh, writers to stop going to those fiction writing workshops and those mfas there's total waste of time i actually advise them to go and do um tv writing or movie writing because i think if you have your basis in tv and movie writing you have a better chance of writing a better story for audio that's one secondly again audiences change they don't have the time they watch uh, 10 second videos on tiktok and 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 find great joy in that and so that's your primary audience so how are they going to enjoy your padded out story they're not so for that reason then what you need to think about is uh, you know uh, for uh, for people who are going to struggle with paying attention to long form narratives how do i uh, adapt the story so that it's it's interesting things happen all the time it's entertaining and so no matter what genre is put it in that framework so that the story is very fast paced that what you're essentially doing in audio is giving people a roadmap of going from a to b you're making some promises about the journey from a to b and you're saying to them i'm going to take you on a really good journey I'm going to take you on this journey really quick and fast, but uh, it's going to be emotionally satisfying. It's going to be really thrilling. Uh, It's going to satisfy you in terms of uh, the character journeys. And uh, it is going to be designed uh, in in, in its writing and in its sound design in such a way that will help build that great movie in your mind. Uh, You know, essentially, I have, without spending a single cent, I have in my listener's mind the greatest, most expensive IMAX projector that I could purchase. You know, no laser projector in the world could compete with the human mind. So by planting all the cues and the sounds, I'm able to create a movie in their heads. So, you know, would you say that the lack of visual aids and more imagination being at play makes it easier to write for this medium? I think it's like those uh, protein bars that's, you know that advertise the fact that they are healthy, but you're going to get fat anyways, because the fact that there's low sugar means there's more sodium in it. So I I don't think that the effort goes away. It's a different kind of effort because then your writing has to be a lot more sharper. I think screenwriting is easy in that respect. 
you need to understand how to describe what to describe, where to eliminate a description and use sound. But then also know sometimes that even if you describe, you have to put the sound in for the impact. So it really becomes like a measuring game, becomes an exercise in what needs to be cut out and what uh, needs to stay in, which for someone like me is very um, entertaining, which for a lot of writers should be entertaining because you you are living in an era where your writing should be minimalist because you're catering to an audience that demands minimalism and more sensory enjoyment. Completely agree with you on that. But, you know, taking a step back, I can't help but wonder, why do you think horror as a genre hasn't really taken off on a big scale in India? You know, despite us being sort of like a treasure trove of myths and legends. Yeah, I I think there's a clear cut answer to this. And the answer is that we don't have a publishing ecosystem that nurtures horror writers. And for that to happen, we need to have editors who actually understand the genre. Um, Again, you know, I'm I'm sure there are exceptions, but I haven't seen these people sort of exist and foster publishing outlets where they can bring in writers who have potential. They can then, you know, edit their works, foster their talents, put out magazines, which are then consumed by an audience, and because that that ecosystem doesn't exist, there, there are no readers. Often you find that, you know, people who have had the experience to be fostered in this space, they tend to come into TV and movies and write good works of, um, of visual uh, storytelling. Uh, by the way, I have to admit, I love art on Sony. I think, you know, like it, for all its B-movie, B-TV, you know, VFX and, and, and storytelling, like art is fantastic. Uh, because they produce a lot of trash. And then there'll be like three episodes in a season that are gold. They are gold. Because they've somehow nailed what's crucial to the story. Wow, Indian Noir is promoting Ahad. Ahad, yes, yes. I talk about Ahad all the time. I mean, I, I love it. Like, because, you know, I think Indian Noir, like, one of the things about it, it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. But it really honors the pulp tradition because it was entertaining. Like you could go in, you could read it and come out. So total respect to that. But I really, really think that Netflix and Amazon Prime will change the game when it comes to horror shows on Indian media. But again, they have to bring in writers who are experienced in like, you know, writing in that space or spend time fostering TV writing rooms. Do you think the problem also lies in shallow storytelling? You know how? We're trying to ape the Western horror story tropes instead of going local and really bringing forth something fresh. I think you've nailed. I think you've nailed nailed the problem. That has fundamentally been the problem with Indian horror stories. I, I really don't think that they are an inferior product or any of those plot ideas are inferior in any way. But that's how they start. But that's not the purpose of a horror story. You have to creep out people with the character more than anything else. The purpose of a horror story is to examine existential horror the horror of existence and how cold and cruel the universe is to our plight and our personal problems and how we are so tiny and insignificant when it comes to phenomena that we can't understand. That's the base point of our existence. And it's, it's, a, more, it's a detailed examination of that challenge, as you rightly pointed out, is using cheap tricks. We have to escape the tropes we have been using for a long time. Most of the stories in, in Indian Noir are theme-based. I'm trying to answer a thematic question, which I found really works well in podcasting as a medium. If you try to answer a, a thematic question, then pursue a thrilling plot, 
you're more likely to deliver a more satisfying story. That's interesting. And I really wish we could delve deeper. But while I hate that we're nearly out of time, lastly, Nikesh, tell me what you're working on. What's coming up? Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to uh, completing the first season of Devasur. And it's already been fantastic. But post that, or in the middle of that, I'd like to release at least 10 or 11 horror stories, if I can, in un- under the one one shot banner this year. But post all of this, uh, you know, there will be a, a military thriller series in the crime space. So I'm very excited about that. That's coming up. I haven't said mentioned this anywhere else. <laughs> so that was Nikesh from Indian Noir. Check out his podcast and let me know which of his stories you liked most. Now coming to my collaboration with the Artist Project India. So, you know, guys, the impact of the pandemic has been devastating for the Indian handicraft industry because their main business model relies on the number of people their small workshops or pushcarts attract, which, needless to say, is almost non-existent during these trying times. So, to support these artists and their families, the Podlist, in association with the Artist Project India, has created a campaign, the link to which is in the podcast notes. Please have a look at it, spread the word and contribute in whatever tiny way you can. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram handle is at Sayasha Pillai or you can drop me an email at writetosayasha at gmail.com. Alright guys, that's it for today. Catch you guys next Thursday. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट